Hello and welcome to the Keen On Things podcast, the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. It has been a long time since my last confession. Uh, sorry about that. No excuses. Mm, no reason. Been a couple of months. Do I have enough to say for 30 minutes every week? I don't know. Probably. Probably. What, why am I assuming I don't? But I was drowning there for a little while, day jobs and stuff like that. Uh, I remember right around when I stopped doing this, we had three funerals in eight days, three different masses. I went to three different Catholic mass funerals. And my mom was like, oh, good. You went to church three times. I'm like, mom, it was three funerals, three deaths. All right. Wasn't a good reason. She's like, yeah, but you went to mass. That's good. There's a reason for it all. Which I don't, I've never liked that. There's a reason for it all. There's a reason behind anything. Um, I think you should maybe look at life and be like, all right, let's learn from this or move on and grow. But there can, there can be reasonless deaths. You know, I'm sure everybody on their deathbed is like, well, at least it's get, this gets Patrick Keene into church. You know, at least, at least he's going to church. I'm dying. I'm, I'm ending. I'm going to another realm, but you know, but that's what moms do as they get older, especially. They become queens of sadness sometimes, right? Where it's like, oh, your great Aunt Moira passed away. Mom, I never met her. You never met her, Mom. Stop looking for reasons to be sad. Light a candle for yourself once in a while, right? So, um, haven't been able to do much stand-up uh, as, as of late, uh, going on freaking two and a half years now. I think it's going to take off, but um, but I you know I haven't really had an outlet for a while, so I was cooped up. But I feel good again. Stand up and just journaling, writing. I did a, a final Zoom show. I think it was a final Zoom show. It wasn't bad. It was fun. Jason Love put it on. It was a good time last Wednesday. Um, I kind of don't know how to get back into the fight, stand up wise. But uh, this past week, I have put up some feelers out there. Some clubs, some comics in the Midwest. It's just so easier in the Midwest and the East Coast. You, you got town. It's like, like I live in South Orange County, so it's the equivalent of like there being a major club in Irvine, there being a major club in Oceanside, there being a major club in Rivers, like, and possibly a, a, a sports franchise. You know, but here it's it's San Diego's got a couple. And you got LA that has a couple, and you have such a big population too. So it's just people don't, you know, there's the beach, there's affluence, there's outdoor sports, there's pools, there's tennis, there's um, electric bikes. You know, everybody's got their own home center that like blows away NBC New York studios when The Tonight Show started in the early 50s. You know, we have that technology in our home now. So that's what we're doing. Um, God, the last episode I did was when I opened for David Spade in uh, San Diego. And I've since been with him in Chicago. He and Bobby Miyamoto. That's been a month. And that was amazing. And David Spade's fan base is so extensive. You never know where an autograph seeker is going to come from. In terms of like, what's his taste? Like, was this guy or girl a fan of SNL, old SNL? Was it a fan of the stand-up, the movies, TV shows, guest appearances, um, his Hollywood showbiz vibe? Like, like 
he's very kind of on top of it um, with whoever's hot and the social media and lights out show on uh, Comedy Central, which should still be going. I, I don't know why they took that off the air, but that was fun. And it, it brought old and new and obscure comics with people you know. He's a funny guy, and he's so perfectly snide and self-deprecating. So it's okay when he's making fun of people because he goes after himself as well. Right? And he, he, it's good comedy for, for ladies, too. For the ladies. Pretty girls. Because um, he can act catty. Kind of acting, kind of not. And then play it off like, well, you know, huh? And, and he's just the best guy, man. Loves sports. And um, he's very much uh, a man. Because uh, he has a love of ladies. Okay. Um, it was so funny, man. He had uh, he had a lunch packed while we were gone. And it was like a specific protein food in a sack. Like no sugar, no crud, just healthy stuff. And we landed in Chicago and he put it down to sign an autograph by uh, the car that was picking us up. And uh, we got in the car and drove for a bit and realized he didn't have it. And Bobby says... Um, Maybe just tell people you can't do autographs anymore because you lost your lunchbox doing it once. And Spade says, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll tell people I lost my lunchbox, you know? Why don't I just tell people I lost my Barbie doll, Bobby? Like, why don't I I do that? And I just lost it, man. The image of that and how quick he just rattled it off, it was just so funny. Um, We played the Vic. It was a great venue north of the city near Wrigley Field. And the D-backs were in town, but we didn't go. I thought maybe we'd go since he's from Arizona. But I can see how it's kind of exhausting uh, if you're a well-known public figure in society. People, you know, it's, it's just, it's a lot, right, to just go out to the store or do something. Granted, people work all their lives to become that. Uh, and then, um, you know, and then they have to deal with it everywhere. But people knew his itinerary at every hotel, restaurant, flight, wherever the club was, uh, having us dropped off near the theater. You know, just crazy. People knew where his car was going to be. And we walked by where Chris Farley died, and he was saying how weird that was. And I can't imagine um, that. And you don't know how how much to pry on something like that. Because you want to say something in, in certain moments, but you also need to look at it like... You don't want to force things. Um, So a weekend like that propels momentum inside you. You're excited about gigs and what can happen. Uh, You need things to look forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to Austin in mid-July. That's right. We found uh, the hottest time to tape one more segment of Mascots. But I think most of our shots are inside. So uh, maybe one more uh, ranch-like shot or something like that. Uh, I got boosted this past couple days since my last shot had expired, my last boost or whatever. And because, wait for it, I'm going on a cruise at the end of the week. That's right. I'm going on the cruise. We fly to England, and it hits the Bahamas. And then I fly back uh, right around 4th of July. Definitely don't want to be in England for the 4th of July, as if they give a shite, Right. One, they don't even know the date. And two, they're probably so relieved to not be entangled with us anymore. Anyway, right? Wouldn't you be? And what does entanglement even mean in this day and age? We're all connected. We're all human beings. It's getting harder for the powers that be to deny us access to each other. Each other's thoughts, experiences, all the sharing 
entertainment technology clips. Um, but it'll be fun, man. The cruise will be fun. I am sick to my stomach about doing longer, cleaner sets for cruise ship audiences. Uh, those audiences are just a little dry. There's there's not a lot of momentum. Uh, in a, it's an, a large, overly lit theater with elderly people who are at the show an hour before it starts. So you don't really have that audible moment of a comedy club uh, or an arena with a younger crowd where they can kind of, the momentum can kind of put you at ease and carry you to the next joke or whatever. So you have to keep smiling through it all, roll with it, you know. They don't know that it's going poorly or averagely. It's never going poorly, but just averagely or just... It's like, oh, we're having a good time. And it's like, okay. So it's just more like a speech sometimes in those big theaters. And you just kind of have to roll with it and make fun of yourself. Uh, with comedy, I've found my equation. And I think that I've shared this before on the podcast, which, God, I mean, as if I wasn't boring enough taking a couple months off and getting back into it now, the rust, I could just feel it coming out of my mouth. The rustiness. So, um, yeah the equation for me is the writing and i think i've done the writing the energy and the rhythm and the rhythm is the hardest thing for me it's what most new york comics get with all the sets they do they see so many sets and so many types of venues uh that they've seen every type of audience and they can survive every kind are they hilarious is the material that great not necessarily but they're manageable in those tough situations, and then anything else is gravy. If you have a rhythm that gets people laughing enough times, in a certain amount of time, you're all set. Does it blow the doors off the place? Not necessarily. Uh, because the written material's there, especially for me, right? And it's edited and chopped up and such. And the energy can be there, because you're like, I'm really going to ramp it up, cool, boom. But the rhythm is very important because if you're high energy for one part of the set and then low energy and, and you kind of shift, they're like, wow, it's two different people. It's two different kind of shows or three. Uh, but the rhythm is very important in getting you through a large ballroom type set. Uh, laughter from a previous joke or story isn't always going to be there in those rooms. It disappears quickly. So I'm a little nervous about how rusty I am as I am rusty right now. But anyway, there's plenty of material. I just don't know if I can remember it all um, without taking too much time and having dead air up there. You know, I'll have a stool and probably a card with some things on it. Just you don't want to fill that card if you've got a little cheat sheet. I don't like to call it a cheat sheet because you're not cheating, but you don't want to fill it with 15 things and little writing. You want it to be maybe six things big enough to see so that one word or three words, a phrase, or whatever, can trigger five to seven minutes. Um, right? Because you want to look professional. If there's a card up there, people don't mind if it looks professional. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, the woman presenting the NBA commissioner this week with the mic, it was it was a, a lady with, was it TNT? And she was giving, I think, the award to the NBA commissioner and then uh he was going to give it to the warriors the owners of the warriors one is peter gruber the hollywood film producer who's from boston that was confusing i didn't know he had a, a stake in the warriors that threw me um so anyway there's a woman presenting the nba commissioner 
with the award. And she was reading off a folded piece of paper. And it looks tacky. You're on TV. You're on national TV. You're on international TV. There are so many people watching. And she's reading off this printout, folded in half. Are you serious? Get that on a nice card that doesn't have writing on the back. Just like, what's going on? Come on, generation. Can some things be kept sacred? Can, can we not abandon everything that's old school? Like, not everything is bad. Well, it's a new age. We're trying to sex it up. You know, we're trying to make it hip. It's like, come on. Some things are just great. Some traditions are fantastic. And tradition, it's not even tradition. Just be respectful. Thanks for tucking in your shirt, I guess. Uh, anyway, so I shouldn't be worried about having a note or two. As I get back into the swing of it, as long as it's clean, baby. Uh, I'll tell you, I had all kinds of tricks when I played colleges. Because as I've said before, these colleges, my, I envisioned like Annie Hall, the movie Annie Hall, Woody Allen movie, where he goes to speak to a college, does comedy. It's the University of Wisconsin in like the late 50s. And he's a young man himself at the time. But uh, the movie's in 76 or 77, so... But it's showing him as a younger man doing stand-up at the University of Wisconsin, talking about Eisenhower. And it's really a smart audience that you can uh, joke about with any topic, you know. So a college, you need to do an hour clean. And nowadays, it's even more clean. It's so benign. Uh, It's not college as we knew it. I'm 49. So if you're in your 30s or 40s, it's not college as we knew it. It's pampered. It's security-ridden. It's a benign curriculum. It's like kindergarten, man. You can't get gnarly with any college crowd. And look, I went to a little Catholic college in Montana in the 90s, and I thought we were soft in a ton of areas. It's nothing compared to what what it is now out there on the college scene. Right? I'd rather talk to a kid in junior high or early high school. Catch him then before the kid gets re-babified. Babyfied? Um, anyway, at colleges, you do an hour clean material. And... I was never doing hours. So to do an hour, it was like I had to scrape everything together in my head, clean. And once in a while, you do one. Maybe once a month, maybe. Good money, I guess. You, you just you don't get that good fast enough. you know. So something I started doing when I was doing colleges was finding a local comic who was just starting and maybe give them $50 for 10 minutes up top, which is something I would do in a second. 50 bucks for 10 minutes? Are you kidding? I'll do that now. And I'm 20 years in. Um, so you give a young comic $50 for tw- 10 minutes up top, which is very nice for someone who's like two or three years in. Because um, you're probably getting paid for a college. You're probably getting paid 1200 minimum. I think, I don't know if they pay, and they pay for your lodging. Uh, and I don't know if they pay for your flight. Oh, God. I remember thinking it was so much money then, but now looking at the whole deal, I don't know. So you give, um, so you give your opener, him or her, a sixth of your workload for one twenty-fourth of your pay. And it's a nice icebreaker. They get someone local, someone closer to their age, someone who is just starting, so they might not be that strong. And you get to sit back and suss the situation. And you go up and you do 50 minutes. Or you can do 45 minutes. Um, I would also bring candy. I'd pass out during the set. I mean, come on. That buys some time. Uh, and there was, you know what? There was always plenty of material. 
you worry, you worry, you plan, you, you do all this stuff. And it's like, in the end, just worry about the material and that'll drive it and you're fine. Uh, so I would give them candy and then I would do trivia at the end of the set, at the end of the hour, like the last five or 10 minutes, I'd pull out some cards and had trivia questions about their college just to bring it back to them and not think that like they were all going to be blown away by my words. Um, because I just don't know. Pryor, Carlin, Chappelle, Rock, Louis C.K., all these greats, you know, Burr and them. I don't know. I'm getting a feeling everything's been said. Who knows? There's plenty more to say, I'm sure. Uh, so I do the trivia questions and um, about their own college, and that was fun. That's like five, ten minutes. You're doing 40 clean, right? You got the 10 opener, 40 clean. You're at minute 50. You could even end it there. Uh, and then, um, and then you do some trivia, toss them some candy, hang out, take some photos. Rarely do you sign anything. You'll sign, they, they have posters of you at the college. You'll sign, sign them. Uh, but it's doable, right? It's more, it's like, okay, cool. This is less anxiety going in and anxiety is drama, by the way. You don't need to be anxious. Eager is good. Uh, but anyway, to go deeper into this anxiety, I need to look at like, why am I, anxious i've got the material why am i trying to please every single person in every single audience with every single joke don't worry about it just do your thing right the anxiety comes uh not from the task that's coming up at hand but the expectation that unrealisticness that's where that uh, anxiety comes from the weird fictional expectation of what the show is going to be I have to not worry what it's going to be and just do it. Just go do it. Don't worry. I think, I think that kept me from being a better athlete when I was younger, playing sports. I really did. I really do. Um, at least in soccer and basketball. Those sports really require creativity and initiation on your part. Football, you just do your assignment. Wasn't too much to think about unless you're a quarterback maybe a middle linebacker you got a lot of different things but for the most part in football just do your assignment run a route get open catch the ball um get handed the ball run break tackles don't fumble you know block this guy send him that way send him that way get on this side of him uh don't let him push you back create a wall you know defense tackle that guy isolate this area Nobody comes in. Don't let that guy catch the ball. All this stuff, right? Strangely, you can hide in football. There's 21 other players out there. Bunch of referees. Um, so thinking and overthinking wasn't a problem. You can kind of hide in football. Um, unless like it's glaring, like a kicker is on his own. Right. Um, Baseball was good for me because you start and stop on every pitch and you can assess the situation after every single pitch. So I knew where to back up if necessary. Like, okay, there's a guy in second, a single, he's going to try to get home. Um, you know, if it's hit in the infield, he's going he's gonna to gauge, he's going to maybe go to third, he's going to hover at second, watch the shortstop, second baseman or third baseman, throw to first, back up that throw to first if you're playing right field. Because an error, if you're there, you could keep that runner at second or third instead of home. But if you're not backing up the, let's say he's got a man on second, a hit to the uh, shortstop, 
And the guy on second is trying to gauge if he's going to go to third or not. He's watching that throw. Um, if it's an errant throw, he's going to third and maybe home. If you're a right fielder backing up that throw, you can get him. Or you can at least hold him. Right. Um, so I was always thinking about those scenarios. Each pitch, it's all got to go through your head. You know, backing up here, I'm here. It's a, it's a right-handed hitter. So I, that was good. I knew where to go if necessary, where to throw a ball wherever it was hit. Track, you just go out and do it, right? Tennis, you just got to go do it. You're, you're alone out there. But there's no, you know. Volleyball, you have an area that's yours specifically, kind of. Yeah, your setter, it's different. But soccer and basketball, for me, seem to require, they seem to, they, they did, they require creativity, assertiveness, more than other sports. Are you passing too much? Are you, are you not dribbling in closer enough? Uh, you're not drawing fouls here. Um, and something I wasn't good at when I was younger right something i struggle with in stand-up still maybe is just imposing your will i've always been like here's my jokes please like them and i've got to get to the point where it's like this is the show take it or leave it right like that i know better than you people this is your first comedy show or this is maybe your 10th comedy show if, if i mean that's really saying a lot most people aren't going to 10 comedy shows in their entire lives Right, or even going into a theater 10 times. So you know better than they do what's good comedy, what's good stand-up. Um, you know, like Morgan Freeman at the end of Shawshank, when he's just like, I know what it means, Sonny. You got your little form there, so go ahead. Keep me in here, don't. I don't really give a shit, or I don't really give a damn. And they, they give him parole. Uh, God, so many things come back to that movie. I don't think that was so many references. Get busy, living, get busy, dying. I don't think that movie was huge in theaters in the early 90s. I mean, I know it lost out to Forrest Gump for Academy Award, but I don't think it lost out because I don't even think Shawshank was nominated. I don't think it was in the running. I don't think it did well in theaters. I think I remember seeing it for the first time on like TNT in the mid-90s. TNT or, or no, TMC rather. Well, TNT's getting a lot of play on this podcast. They're going to blow up. But uh, I think it was TMC where... Shawshank just kind of exploded in the reruns, and now it's on every night. You know, either AMC or Turner Broadcasting. Anyway, fantastic, just fascinating here. Groundbreaking material. Where are we here? Are we at? We're at twenty-three minutes. Oh God, you guys, why are you doing this to yourselves? We're at twenty-three, twenty-two and a half minutes. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I've got anxiety about those shows on the cruise ship. It's just in a club, you can just, I don't know, you can kind of swear, you can get gritty, you can do things. You have to be so careful in these corporate gigs. It's so painful. Um, two 45-minute shows is what I have. That's the same show, like the third night of the week-long trip. And then there's two 20-minute shows, which is the last night, either the last night or the night before. I always love, if I can get my set in and then have a night where I don't have a show, that is so fun. Where you don't have a show and you're done working for the week. That's the best. I never have that because comedy's always on the last night. They do this variety show type thing on the last night. Um, the 20 part is fine. You know, by the time you're doing 20 with the variety show, it's the end of the week. You can talk about the ship and and and, and, and you know you can talk about wherever you stopped. We're not stopping on this one. I don't think anywhere, but. Um, Maybe the food or the elevator or there's some kind of glaring thing in the coffee shop or the library or the dance floor or the dueling piano guys, you know, 
are just cleaning up <laughs> with whatever tips and stuff. Um, and people know you a little bit from your other shows, so you can loosen up. It's a fun. You can take some shots at people. It's fun. And you're with a magician. It's you, a magician, and a singer, and maybe a band. And it's always good to have the comic up first. Warm things up. You don't want to follow a magician. You don't want to follow someone that's just delivered a bird to them out of his pocket or like some smoke. It's just too much, man. It's like, here's some jokes that you can like or not like, that you can get into, laugh as hard as you want, or don't laugh at all. And then here's magic that you don't really have to respond to, music that you don't have to respond to, um, you know, uh, an impressionist perhaps. But uh, anyway, okay, this feels good. We've got five minutes left. This feels good. This feels liberating to do this. Um, at the core of it all, I have to be uh, present in my stand-up and in my life all of us but i'm I'm saying i'm just saying me but but i mean all of us right uh at the core you have to be present you have to be in the moment you know for years in stand-up it's it's memorized stuff and i've just got to get in the moment a little more two decades in you go up there with jokes and a memorized script and that's great but the material needs to bring them in so you're all in sync it needs to not look so prepared uh you need to go beyond the material you know it's you can't be a zombie just going through your jokes you have to be there present be awake okay you're not you're not you're not watching a toddler sleep and phoning it in as a babysitter or there in a playpen while you're hungover but look being present is taxing and that's the anxiety, like to know that I have to, the exact time frame of it, like I have to allow that in my psyche more. I have to lean into it instead of being anxious about it. Like I've got to be present with these people for 45 minutes. How do I, how do I get there? It's beyond the material. You got the material. It's in your head. You have enough time to go up there clean. You just have to not be so anxious about, oh, I, I can't wait till the moment I step off stage. Why are you so excited about that? Like enjoy the time get into it being present in all relationships so many men focus on the job part of a relationship and are like cool i'll check out now as i leave i'm sorry the job part of their lives their profession their career and then they leave work and are like cool i can check out now that work is over and go spend it with my lady my partner whatever but my work is done for the day and to an extent, the relationship shouldn't be work. It should be joy and fun. But there still needs to be effort, right? A little work. Maybe not work, maybe effort. You want to grow. You want to have your partner grow. Not just ordering in and getting drunk all the time. Checking out. Popping pills. Medicating. Whatever that is. Overdoing it on coffee. Overdoing it on sugar. Food. You're not making each other better. What am I talking about? What the hell am I talking about? Okay. Uh, yeah, being present in all relationships. So uh, I'm excited to get on the high seas. I don't like flying. I love being on a train. I love being on a boat. Smaller boats, I've, I'm probably 49 for 50 on vomiting. But big cruise ships, I'm good. All right? I would have been great in the 1700s, 1800s with train and, and tra- you know, you know I, I, just, I just love, you know, intracontinental 
waterway travel. I would have loved the Missouri, the Arkansas River, the Delaware River, you know, Columbia in East Washington, the Del Rio, the Jack Del Rio River. Is that what it's called? The Del Rio? No, that can't be right. The one in Texas? What's that? What the hell separates? Wait. El Paso? What? What separates Mexico from Texas? Jesus, I got to look at a map. And what's the Red River? Oh, the Red River that separates Oklahoma from Texas. Red River rivalry. They might play in baseball here with the World Series coming up. Okay, I got to wrap this up, um, which is good for everybody. So it feels good to be doing this again, talking. I think I took freaking two and a half months off. Not ideal, but I want to come. Uh, I want to come to this podcast prepared. I don't want it to be babbling which exactly is what it is. I want to get specific. You know, I saw a friend of mine on stage recently, and she was wasted, and it was a mess. It was way too much of a hangout. You know, I know you want to have fun, and it's fun for everybody, but but it's still got to have something. Have something to say. You know, it wasn't offering any silliness or biting commentary on society. It was just hanging out, hanging out on stage. Like it was a college party, right? Like, woo, woo. And it's like, tell some jokes, Talk to people, bring them up on stage, interview. I don't know. You want to have something and not just be a child, right? Just a child who has everyone's attention because you've got the the microphone in your hand, you know? Uh, So you want a little bit more. Okay, I think that's 30 minutes. Um, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Uh, Uncle's Day is July 25th. I texted my nieces today to say that um, July 25th was National Uncle's Day. I didn't hear back. So I don't know what's going on there. They must be looking it up to verify. Uh, As I get older, I really do come to realize how great my dad was and how many great dads are out there. You know, being their daughter's first male influence, being a role model, guiding young men, guiding their sons, taking their sons camping, fishing, do a ball game, playing catch. We played so much catch with my dad. He, oh, I mean, every weekend. I mean, like, week, multiple times a week, catch. Uh, Baseball, basketball, football. Just constant. Some great throws. Um, yeah, wiffle ball. I almost said wiffle ball up the ass, but that wouldn't be right. Having to... Uh... <laughs> My dad and I used to play wiffle ball up the ass. We used to play a lot of wiffle ball, is what that means. Um, having to be strong. I might tweet. I'm going to tweet that after this. My dad and I. Love my dad. We used to play wiffle ball up the ass. Wait, that didn't come out right. Having to, oh boy. Okay, having to, you know, a a man, a father, all this stuff. To be tough, to be strong, soft in every area. You know, you got the daughters, sons. I think with childbirth, women become tougher, men become softer, I find. so pathetic. I have no kids. I have no idea. Or any, I do have a frame of reference. I have 50 years on the planet almost. and A ton of uh, contacts. Some of these fathers, they do it well. Some do not. Hopefully, most are trying their best. That's what we hope for, right? Um, I'd go into detail on my own father. I think I've done that two other Father's Day episodes from the last two years of this podcast. We'll, I'll go deeper on him later, but uh, it doesn't have to be a Father's Day episode. Anyway, Keen on Things podcast. Uh, I'll get back to doing this every week. Next week, uh, we'll be from the ship, guys. Southampton, England to the Bahamas. Uh, we'll see you next week. Go ahead and subscribe. Keen of Comedy. Uh, all platforms keen on things is the podcast here give it a follow give it a chance and you'll know right away when episodes pop so you don't have to go searching all right 31 minutes nice job guys thanks